And now, NAI Pop presents a unique show where two dads talk about the topics that interest them. Sports, wrestling, and a splash of pop culture information to help them survive in a world of wives and kids. Now, please welcome your hosts, professional wrestler and new dad, Scotty Slade, and retired executive and seasoned dad, Jamie Jamikowski. Welcome to For the Pops on the NAI Pop Network. You are listening to For the Pops on the For the Pops Network. As always, I am Scotty Slade. I am joined by the Vince McMahon of New England Wrestling, entrepreneur Jamie J. Mikowski. And here we talk about everything under the sun. Wrestling, sports, music, movies, pop culture, you name it, we talk about it. As Jamie helps me trying to get through the fatherhood of um, being a dad, so to speak, while the wily vet himself guides me like Yoda to Luke Skywalker. Jamie... This is episode 40. We are officially over the hill. Let me tell you something. I'm feeling every day of my age, Chase did, did I tell you what I did this weekend? All I saw was plenty of dinners that you had and breakfasts with your friends. It, yes, was, uh... it, was, it, was, it, was, it was me alone because I spent this weekend, it was my daughter's Sweet 16 celebration. So my wife and I, we literally, we rented an estate up in New Hampshire. And we brought my daughter and nine of her friends to this estate for the weekend. Did you just pay for that with the change you found in your 16 limos? It, it was only four limos. It was three limos, actually, uh, okay. and, and the helicopter that we borrowed from our neighbor. Nice. Did she yeah. at least have a good time? Oh, my God. The place was insane. Like, we had the, – it had nine bedrooms. Uh, Shona had her own wing. It had an indoor Olympic-sized swimming pool, a hot tub. It, was, it had a pub. It had a game room. It was pretty awesome. But I'm exhausted. I am so tired. Well, I'm glad that you could find some time in your busy Sweet 16 schedule I to think, help record this. I think we should rent this. it again and do a for, for the Pops retreat, though. No, if we're going to do a retreat, we're going to go to Hawaii. Kylie's already asked uh, multiple times if we could do a live For the Pops in uh, Honolulu. So At any time. You guys have an open invitation. Um, and, Jamie, before we bring in our guest, I do need to tell you, I was fired as Beyonce's personal assistant within the first minute and a half. What happened? Uh, I FaceTimed Rumi instead of the other daughter. Apparently, Rumi is two, and lawyers were brought in, and I was escorted out of the room. You idiot. Why didn't Why didn't you FaceTime with Blue, with Ivy I, Blue? I Blue did. Ivy. For those that don't know, there's a thing on Twitter where you can be Beyonce's personal assistant. It's a choose-your-own-adventure, as Beyonce is clearly one of the most uh, coveted music pop superstars on this show um and every selection gives you an outcome i got lucky because i gave her the correct breakfast but that was the only correct decision i made so uh, i went i would i should post one i went pretty deep i think i went like six or seven questions in before i failed well you and beyonce have very similar tastes so it... that's that is true that is very true so for those that have never listened to the show we try to always bring on a third rotating guest i'm excited for this one last time i was on a podcast with this guy he stayed quiet for most of the time. Didn't really go well. He claimed afterwards he was very shy. I don't know what to expect tonight, but we're going to talk more about him than anything else. It is none other than the retrosexual Anthony Green, followed by his current active girlfriend. Ew. All that was Pat a very Ava Everett. <laughs> <laughs> current she wasn't current a big one. fan of that may not be the future <laughs> one active girlfriend wow well I didn't want any confusion because recently Anthony uh, if you follow social media Anthony Green is getting married um, to the Platinum Honeys 
I, I yes. saw that. Congratulations. Thank you. They got me a beautiful ring from Walmart. It was $8.88. Oh, that's so nice. When's, when's, when's the big day? Uh, I think we're setting it for July. July 19th. This July? Correct. Yes, we're, we're, going, we're, we're jumping right into things. I apologize. I'm away, but just let me know where to send the gift. All right, deal. All right, but but yes, Jamie. But yes, Jamie. I uh, I, I reference her like that because a lot of people, at least in the beginning, and Ag can correct me if I'm wrong. In the beginning of the gimmick that he had with the two honeys, there was genuine confusion in some locker rooms whether or not Ag was actually dating both. People still think that. See, so to this day. Well, I I live vicariously through Anthony Green, so I was kind of hoping <laughs> he was da- he was dating both of you actually. Uh. And you thought my comment was uncomfortable. But anyway, Anthony, um, so you've kind of been making a name for yourself. You're, you're going across the, the country. If that wasn't enough for you, um, you are trying to go on a different venture. You're going to be running your own show, promoter, owner, booker. If I can't say all that, then tell me to shut up now. It's a zero one USA Northeast. Is that? Is that the correct terminology? That is, uh, yeah, the, the executive producer, president, uh, leading shareholder. You, you can continue wrestler. Oh, that's right, extraordinaire. And that's wow. just, and that's just Evie. Yeah, that's just Evie. No, that's yeah, just, me, me. I'm just kind of there. Uh, I'm the money mark. He's the, he's the ticket, uh, the ticket collector. He is the ticket chair- seller. Yes. <laughs> That's wow, right. So, so wait, you're telling me it, it, it's a wrestler who's also the booker and the promoter? Yeah, and I'm going oh, to win the title I, on the first night. I wonder who's going over for the belt, huh? Yeah, Jeez. right away. Now, is there is there a heavyweight title on this uh, in this promotion currently on its uh, first debut show? No, no, no. We'll probably wait like two or three shows before we like do anything like that. I want to see how things go first. So, you've always kind of mumbled about this. Um, in group chats, in person, locker rooms, things of that nature. What finally put you over the edge to start your first show? So the idea initially was I was going to see if Fury would let – Brian Fury would let me rent out the, the New England Pressing Academy and almost do like a pop-up wrestling show. And it was just going to be like Anthony Green's birthday extravaganza. I was going to do it on my birthday. Um and for whatever reason, like, I just decided, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I really want to do this. And then I said, all right, October, I'll find a date in October. We'll run a show. And then, as you guys both know, probably Scotty a little more, like, I get kind of antsy. And I kind of just jump on things pretty quickly. And the more I thought about running shows and then... I got in contact with this gentleman named uh, David Cavazos. He is the promoter for Zero One USA uh, in the Midwest area in Illinois. And uh, we've been talking back and forth for months about like having me come out and work shows. But at the same time, him and I and then him and uh, his champion, Jake Parnell, have kind of built like a, a nice rapport. And I told him how I thought it would be really cool since nothing like this exists anymore. Um to almost bring back the NWA independent like territories, how there used to be NWA New England and NWA Wildside, Midwest, On Fire. Uh, I could just go on about them, but there's never been like uh, anything like that in the past couple years. So I thought it'd be really neat if 
they were zero one USA, maybe we're zero one USA Northeast and make it big enough where maybe there's a Midwest again, maybe there's a, a Pacific Northwest or a mid South mid Atlantic Southern one, just like a bunch of different uh, companies. And then one day Evie stopped by this venue in her hometown, uh, the federal order uh, the fraternal order of the Eagles and she saw the building, loved it, didn't even ask me what I thought, and uh, just put down the uh, the down the down payment, the deposit on the building that day. So I kind of like she kind of forced my hand into this first one. Now, <laughs> if that's you... not a preview to your upcoming marriage, <laughs> I don't know what is. By the way, I already bought the ring. You just need to give it to me. Are we talking wrestling ring? Oh no no no! Oh oh, oh oh okay. <laughs> Oh, oops. Uh, so since you've been putting this together, have you come up to any um, hurdles, uh, blocks, you know, uh, roadblocks in the road or anything of that nature? Um, Nothing like terrible. Like the only thing so far, like I didn't expect a show to be so expensive. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I was like in, in my oh, head. So funny. In my head, a show was going to cost like two grand like two thousand dollars and it slowly just kept building and building and building and like realistically the two thousand dollars will probably cover like the venue uh the police detail that we have to have and like the ring uh and music so like that's the two thousand dollars right there and then talent on top of it and then flyering and postering and like what it costs to actually promote and not to mention like the time being put in from both myself and Evie to like even just make it happen. Now let's, let's go under uh, what we'd like to call the learning tree. You know, we'll wheel out the, the old Wiley vet from his uh, overseeing of the pasture and, and Jamie when running I'm fired tonight with these introductions, Slade. <laughs> and I haven't had anything to drink yet. When you are running your first show to all the the starter Kickstarter programs out there, but to AG in particular, yes. is there anything he should keep in mind, whether it's on the day of the show or when the when day is the debut, when, AG? When is the show? Uh, Sunday, August 18th. So you still have a good two months, really. Yeah, 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 a little less. You know what I'll send you, AG? Um, I will send you after after we get off the air. Send me actually, I'll send it to you through Facebook Messenger. I'll send you uh, one of my old break-even sheets. Okay. Where what you do is you basically plug in all the numbers, set your ticket prices, and it'll actually tell you what your break-even is in terms okay. of yeah. ticket sales. That was probably the best tool we used over the years because what you can do is you can keep updating it. And what we would actually do is chaotic. Over the years, we would have different formulas for our uh, pre-sales versus walk-up. Uh, for a while, it was 50-50. Then it shifted where it was like 80-20 pre-sale. <clears throat> but as you get closer, it gives you a better idea of what you still need to push. So when you're this far out, you can look at it and say, okay, we need uh, 235. We need 350 paid. Let's try to get X many by this date and then do a do a push down the stretch, but I'll send you one of those. That was probably the biggest, biggest tool we ever used that was helpful, but you already stumbled upon the worst part on your own, which is you think, you know, what's going to cost the most money. It's all the little things that keep chipping into it. 
Oh, yeah. And even like worse than that, like we have the amount that we think it will cost. But uh, talking to some people, I should like I was told I should probably add like another 60 percent on top of it just because of like the the added things I'm going to need last minute, regardless if it's like I need wristbands for people that are going to sit in the front row so I can tell the difference between that or like the food for the show, because the venue has the the drinks and alcohol and stuff. But we're allowed to do the the concession. So regardless if I buy, you know, 10, 10 pizzas or, yeah. you know, chips. That's, and that's actually on the break-even sheet. There's a spot. Oh, awesome. That, and we actually broke it down where there's one section you'll see that it's actually um, – I forget what it's called. But it, it, it was all the the non, non-talent non costs. So uh, Slade would go on that one on the non-talent list. But <laughs> – <laughs> we would break it down where you have one section for talent and then all the other costs so like you said um music concessions this and that it's all listed separately because that also helps you as you start to look at it okay what's necessary what's not the, the last little piece of advice i'll give you is i don't know who's on the show i don't know how you're booking guys i don't know what they're asking for money always look at it as you know what your ticket prices are right Yep. Whatever somebody wants to get paid, divide it by the ticket price and ask, are they going to put that many asses in seats? Of course. If the answer is yes, you book them. If the answer is no, you don't. It's so weird because like, I feel like nowadays, no single person is a draw. So like for my show, right. uh, the two bigger names are uh, Nunzio and Simon Grimm, who now, or formerly known as Simon Gotch. Yes. I don't necessarily think either one of them are are the draw for the show. I think at this point, pro wrestling is the draw. Like, I feel like at Chaotic Wrestling, no one's necessarily coming just to see me or see Scotty or Josh Briggs or Christian Casanova or whomever. They're just coming to see Chaotic Wrestling. And I think that's the same for Limitless Wrestling, Beyond Wrestling. And I think that's going to be the same for my show. Like even uh, everyone's asking, like, why did you choose the name Zero uh, One uh, USA? Like, how how'd you pull that off or whatever? And it just came down to uh, I thought that it would pique interest. I don't think calling it Zero One is going to make you know three hundred people come to my show. I just think calling it Zero One is going to immediately give it a different feel. And almost give it a uh, just what's the word I'm looking for Easter? A, le- a, letter, a level of credit. A le- yes. Yeah, yeah, some credibility. Credibility. Uh, before I even run my first show, uh, Evie can attest to this. The day we put up the Facebook account and the Twitter and the Instagram, man, how many thirsty pro wrestlers yeah. there are out there <laughs> trying to get booked for a show that they. Like, like we technically doesn't even exist yet we had not even had talent posts or like a date picked or anything and we were getting messages from from people not even just in new england literally everywhere i feel like a majority of the people that have reached out to try to get booked are actually from either the midwest or the uh the west coast yeah not even in new england you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, when, when did you say the show is? August 18th? Correct. You know, I, I'm just saying, if you need a general manager, 
I know there's one guy who was in the industry for like 18 years, but never made an appearance on a pro wrestling show. We'll get who... adult. Yeah. And, and I can put you in touch with adult. You jerk. You know what? Continental Play... lover. Play it. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to get a payday here. No, we're saving you for the Vince McMahon end of the uh, show running. Oh, is that what it's going to be? <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, the name, just... the name on the contract said green, but the name is Jamie J. Makowski green. <laughs> I like it. So anything else you want to plug about this show, AG? Where is um, the show? So the show is in Gardner, Massachusetts, Central Mass area, right around the Fitchburg, Lemonster, okay. Orange area. Uh, there's literally no wrestling in that region. So uh, it hasn't been run since the old Dr. Heresy EWA days. Wow. And before that, it was Killer Kowalski that ran there. Um, actually, Dr. Heresy ran in the exact same building that we're running in. Um so far announced, like I said, Nunzio will be there. Simon Grimm will be there. Jimmy Rave will be wrestling. Uh, Christian Casanova in a very unique match. Uh, I just announced that myself and Evie, Ava Everett, will be wrestling Cheeseburger and Sumi Sakai. So that makes me really excited. Um, I'm just happy that we're bringing different people to the region that don't wrestle. Like, I don't want it to seem like just another New England indie show, but I also don't want it to seem like we're trying to be the next big super indie, like, here's the, you know, 20 of the hardest hitting wrestlers. Like, I want to be able to just put on great traditional independent wrestling in the region. And uh, I think with the card we have, we're going to do that. I think we only have like nine or 10 locals on the show. And the rest are guys from like Pennsylvania, um, New York, New York area and like now, stuff like that. So now, AG, did you purposely not mention Slade? Cause is he a surprise? Actually, Scotty Slade um, is has not been announced for the event, but uh, I have him kind of playing the Jerry the King Lawler role, and uh, he will be on the commentation station that evening. Wow. Or that afternoon. Commentation yes. station. Yes. Commentation when, station. When AG first told me that he was planning on running his show, I made no qualms that I was going to try to get myself in one of the matches. But I did tell AG, at least for his first show, that I will help any way possible. Um, I do want to see this at least the first show to be a success. He can tank with the second one, but as far <laughs> as the as far as the first one, I told him I'm I'm there in any capacity he needed. So he did ask me if I would do commentary. So that's what I will be doing that evening. So, and uh, lastly, I, I do want to say this is kind of some insider information. Um, I feel like so far we're sitting pretty good uh, when it comes to like what we're expecting crowd wise. The show's two months out, and like the response on social media has been really good like uh facebook fan pages i feel like lack and don't do very well all of our stuff are getting close to like a thousand to two thousand views and getting between like 50 and 100 likes on instagram and stuff so i think that's really good and we already have like close to 40 tickets sold for a show that's two months away so i feel really good about that interesting now that you've announced scotty slate is going to be there that's probably going to add a good uh, three, four people. That's not to, not to mention we're talking about it on the For the Pops podcast. So add another like three or four too. Three or so. four. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so eight, eight tickets. We are up yeah. to eight. We are going to make it break even. Yeah. So, so Jamie, before we go to break, there was one piece I wanted to transition to because yeah. there is somebody else on the show. We've talked a lot to Anthony Green, but there is somebody else here, and I, 
and while she's Evie, she does wrestle under the name Ava Everett. All that Ava Everett, am I correct? Yes, correct. You are she like the one I wanted to talk to. Yeah, she, well, oh. well, Ag kind of hogged it. Uh, um, this is a surprise to me because uh, today I picked up Anthony from the airport um, on my lunch break, and as I was going to work, he goes, "Oh, are you coming back over?" Um, which I said yes, but I could have been saying no. And he said, oh, we have to do a podcast, so you have to be at my house by 8. Um, so I had no idea this was going to be happening today. Yeah, you are the 90s baby Ava Everett. Um, correct? Is that the... Is that the... Correct. Correct. And, correct. And so what kind of made you go in that direction for that character? Um, I think for me, uh, a lot of the influence that myself and uh, Angel Sinclair and Michelle uh have uh is kind of based off of being in this little trio with anthony um so anthony and angel are very much they love the 80s aspect of that retro piece that he has um and i guess for me i couldn't really relate to that but what i could relate to in just being in like a generational standpoint was uh like 90s and like nick at night and i always grew up loving like the old 90s show so I was like oh maybe that's something that I could do um I looked uh I looked on Instagram and Facebook and a different uh wrestlers around uh in the indies right now and I didn't really see anybody else trying to do something like this so it kind of just piqued my interest and I ran with it that's awesome we are gonna when we come back from break we are actually gonna get into some uh, television programming when we were all kids and Jamie when it was black and white TV. Come on, man. But one more question <laughs> I had, because there is something unique about you and Anthony that truthfully is like a, a, I don't know the word I'm looking for, Jamie, and I'm trying not to sound as awkward as I did earlier. But within wrestling, there's usually this golden rule, and that is not to date from within. There are successful relationships. One that comes to mind is um, Alexis and Eddie Edwards. I don't think she goes by Alexis anymore. It's like Alicia Edwards. <laughs> really? You didn't go to Triple H and Stephanie out of the gate? No, no, no. I'm talking. <laughs> you, you go really? No. See, I feel like that one. Even Triple H sometimes is like, oh, I did it for to run WWE. <laughs> like <laughs> there was so much more at stake to marry Stephanie McMahon. But it, so Evie, as as somebody who's dating inside wrestling. And especially because you guys are traveling all over the place. Like I saw yesterday on uh, Instagram and Facebook, you're at this show uh, partying it up in in a um, in a hotel with fire alarms going off and partying <laughs> going on. That's a story in itself. A AG is over there trying not to get destroyed by uh, taking a photo with uh, Scarlett. Uh, how do you say her last name? Bordeaux. Bordeaux. And have you felt any strain? of having a relationship within the wrestling world by dating somebody with the name retrosexual? Um, not really. I think that, I mean, I've been fortunate enough, like only up until recently, I started taking my own bookings wrestling. Uh, for the most part, we were always traveling together. So I feel like it may come with time, but for the most part, Anthony always, uh, like is in contact with me, like where it doesn't matter where he's go. Even when he went to Mexico, like he messages me all the time. Um, I think he knows like my personality and, and who I am and how to like uh, appease me. So he knows that he has to like answer my, my texts and uh, as long as he answers my text messages and 
sometimes calls me or sometimes says <laughs> he's shaking his head no. Uh, or or will go out of his way to just be like, hey, I'm at my hotel or hey, I'm going to bed. Uh, that's all that it really takes to appease me. So I'm, for the majority of the time, very laid back when it comes to that. But uh, I haven't, we haven't had to experience too much. What do you have to say? She actually made me go out last night. Like the show ended around like 1030. And it's also like an hour time difference in Texas. And she was like, you need to go out and have fun tonight. You've never been to Texas before. I was like, oh, okay. So like she basically forced me to go out. Well, yeah, cool. I, I feel Evie, like it's Evie like Evie a... is less needy in her relationship with, with AG than Slade is with me. If I wait too long to answer a text, I have to call and apologize, send flowers. <laughs> it's true. Good because Lord. if we don't, you, we have to go out to lunch, talk about this relationship in the show, make sure we're on track. You know, I just I'm just preemptive, Jamie. I'm just preemptive. I'm just saying sometimes it's just nice you and I to go out, have a nice dinner, spend some quality time and catch up. But no, it's not enough for you, is it? So, it, Evie, one last question. So with it seems like everything's solid on the the relationship part, that there's no ever worry, which it shouldn't be. You're dating Anthony. The guy's a dweeb. <laughs> but the question is, is and, and I've seen this with other people, are you – is AG able to – Take off the coworker wrestling hat and put on the boyfriend hat, or does it get <laughs> to a point where he is? It, it's tough. That's the dynamic that also creates a lot of arguments. Is she's my girlfriend, he's my boyfriend. Do I give Anthony real feedback? The room. <laughs> do you give real feedback, or do you give encouraging feedback? Um. It- I feel okay, so he's gonna not agree to this, and I'm gonna talk about the feedback. Can I start this? <laughs> no, hold no, on, get hold away. on, hold on. I, right. will, I will say that all the feedback I give is helpful and it's good. Sometimes, <laughs> most of the time, I just don't know how to explain it in a way that's not like. I don't want to say rude, but definitely harsh. It's rude. It's harsh. It's rude. Um, Wait, so what kind I of feedback feel... are we talking? Are we talking about like, "Hey, honey, how was my match?" Or do I look yes. fat in this dress? No, uh, no match feedback. Of... Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. I feel like a little bit of both. Like whether it's a promo or a match, or uh, really just, I don't know. I feel like when you're at wrestling, even even just being in the locker room, it's. I hate to say it's, but it's like it's almost like you're putting on an act, like you're you're your professional side, you're your wrestling uh, character. So I feel like whenever I ask for feedback from Anthony, um, personally, personally, um, I think he's way nicer giving feedback to other people than me. Um, he he's very uh, mean. Um, <laughs> critical. We use the term just, critical. AG, Criti- why he's be, very why critical. Uh, he's very critical uh, of everything, and I understand why. Um, but I'm also the kind of person that uh, I take things to heart, so it always ends up in an argument. I think uh, regularly. I'm probably gonna have one right now. Um, <laughs> oh no! Awesome. I, I feel like uh, a lot of it has to do with like hearing it from me. It's like she'll take it more personal as opposed to like if Scotty gave her the critique. Because then it's like, ah, oh, this was my trainer. This is someone that helped me to start. As opposed to me, it's like, oh, my boyfriend's shitting on my life right now. 
So you're saying it's her fault, AG? No, it's not. He what is. I'm That's what he's saying. Wow. So you're really, correct. what you're saying is you blame her that she can't take constructive criticism. <laughs> That's very hurtful to say like that. I agree with you, Jamie. Evie, Thank I am you on your so side. much. Thank you this so much is, for being here. You know. Scotty, I need you. Start talking. <laughs> That's true. All right. So then uh, one last question. I'm sorry we're pushing up against the clock. Evie, if there was one thing you could change about retrosexual AG's gimmick, <laughs> what would that one thing be? Oh, his gimmick? Yeah. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, about the gimmick I don't know I really like it it's very entertaining to me um, I would say doesn't have to be a change it could be an addition something you feel is missing to be completely honest with more you, honeys less honeys um, and that oh, includes goodness. myself though um, I feel like Anthony uh, and we've talked about this, and I he may or may not agree. Uh, I think that when he first started the gimmick, uh, the retrosexual Anthony Green aspect of it was it was a package deal. There's there's three of us. It's very cool. It's very unique. Um, there wasn't anybody else coming out with two, you know, blonde chicks for no, 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 that. Barely anyone in the Indies had one valet. Um, it was something that we were doing that was very cool. And I, a lot of times I think we've gotten a lot of really great opportunities, uh, to come out of it, but sometimes I think it detracts from Anthony's talents. Um, I think, uh, uh, most people in new England at least, and it should be uh, known elsewhere. And I'm going to say this and he's going to literally let this go to his head. But I think that Anthony is really like solid technically, like his footwork is great. His his character is great. Like he's very, very solid in the ring. And sometimes I feel as though uh, promoters or people will book him just because of the whole act and not because of his wrestling, wrestling abilities. I feel like you can put Anthony in the ring with anyone um, and he'll, he'll make it like a really, really fantastic match, no matter what kind of style he has to adapt to. Um, and I, sometimes I feel like the whole gimmick itself takes away from that for him. So uh, if anything, I wish that sometimes people would book him uh, because he's a great wrestler, not because he's just this gimmick with two like hot blonde girls. You know what, um, Jamie? I could speak to this. You know, like AG is a great wrestler. Between the bouncy house, two train rides, <laughs> a vehicle, trampoline, even in the bathroom of a gymnasium. Yes, Anthony Green's technical abilities to wrestle somebody is amazing. Slade, you have some of the weirdest transitions and statements <laughs> in the history of the For the Pops. You have made me cringe about four times tonight already. Just four? That I'm not doing my job. My, all I heard Evie say just now was that um, AG is so good, he could carry anybody to a respectable match. You know, I don't have to just be a general manager, AG. <laughs> I, 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 I could face you on the first uh, zero one nor you know, Northeast show you know what if jamie got put in a match ag just from local yokels alone you would probably sell about 75 tickets and it would be all workers in new england who <laughs> want to see jamie have his first wrestling match and, and it would be it would be like the old hulk hogan story that who was it where they were trying to uh pay somebody to break his leg it was iron Sheik they pay, were trying to pay him to break his leg that'd be your biggest payday ever with people putting a bounty on me for you ag yeah, not only would I get some ticket sales, but I'd get a few extra little buckaroos for that one. That's right. We could actually pay for the show just by, you know, the, the bribes you would take to take me out. Jamie, do me a favor and send me your resume and a promo 
to 01USANE at gmail.com. We'll make sure we take a look at that for you. You know what? I'll uh, I'll send you a, a link to some of my YouTube matches. I mean, I do some sick spots. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's I amazing. think you'll be impressed. All right. Well, we're going to go to break, Jamie. We'll discuss uh, off the air how we can get you in a ring and what type of wrestling gear you're going to wear. When we come back, we will go quickly around and talk about our top five favorite shows growing up because you are listening to For the Pops on the For the Pops Network. If you haven't heard yet, the Homewrecker podcast isn't your typical podcast. Listen to me, the Golden Greek, Alex Arion, and my lovely trophy wife, Monique, as we discuss a wide range of topics. Like aliens, ghosts, conspiracy theories, relationships, movies, TV shows, books, and pretty much whatever else we want. Aliens? Ghosts? Conspiracy theories? Who believes in that crap? Uh, we do. (laughs) Allegedly. Supposedly. In theory. So subscribe and listen to the Home Record Podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or Google Play. My parents used to own a video store. <sighs> hey everybody, it's Rich Palladino, the voice of Chaotic Wrestling. I want to remind you to listen to the Let the Chaos Begin podcast right here on the NAI Pop Network. You will hear stories from the 18-year history of Chaotic Wrestling from the two guys that were there from day one, myself and former Chaotic Wrestling owner, Jamie J. Mikowski. That is the Let the Chaos Begin podcast right here on the NAI Pop Network. Seriously, I don't even get to talk during this promo? Shut up, Jamie. And you are listening to For the Pops on the For the Pops Network. As always, I am Scotty Slade, joined by Jamie J. Mikowski. This episode, we have Anthony Green and Ava Everett, and we are talking childhood television shows. For most of us, it might cross-pollinate. We may have some shows that are similar. I'm very interested in hearing what uh, old-time shows Jamie watched between the ages of 6 to 15. Um, I don't know if that was just the butler and the maid performing um, <laughs> well, live. Back before, back before me and the boys <laughs> went to give Hitler the what for, we used to turn on the old talkie box, and there were some good shows on there, Scotty Slade. Oh, how, Jesus, I'm not that old. I how, am that old. How old are you? I'm 47. 47. So there's only there's only a 13-year, 12-year gap between you yeah, and I. You're, you're talking for me with the age range you gave me. You're talking yeah. late 70s into the mid 80s. Who? So I've, I've got a, I've got a great, great wheelhouse, great list of shows. So. Yeah. And for those listening, I did preemptively tell these guys any type of shows you used to watch between the ages of six to 15 gave a good wide spectrum stuff that you'd either run home, turn the TV on, or while everybody else was getting ready for school, you were getting dragged away from the television or things you used to sneak to wake up on Saturday mornings. These do not have to be in any particular order. Um, I don't even know if Anthony watched anything other than wrestling growing up. <laughs> nope. Uh, really? I, yeah, if, if Evie was not on this show, most of this segment I was very nervous about. AG in general just doesn't really – he doesn't watch sports, doesn't really watch movies. His childhood was wrestling. It still is it's like still, it still uh, is. 
which is fine. I mean, he's an adult now. He gets to watch what he wants. So, Jamie, do you want to kick us off in no particular order unless you got it that way? Do you want to give us one of your five? Can I guess it? Good. It's going to be Little House on the Prairie. Stop it. What the hell is wrong with you? But no, don't, don't turn heel on me now. It, it was not Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> he no, he no, apologizes. No. no, he doesn't either. <laughs> I'm I, trying. I, I do, I'm trying. I do apologize because I want that break-even sheet. Actually, Slade, you know, what one of my, you know what one of my favorites was? What? And this kind of ties into us being a pop culture show. You know what show actually came on? When I was this age, and I used to religiously watch it, was The Greatest American Hero. All right. It was, it was a TV show about a, 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 a teacher <laughs> who finds a super suit, but then he drops the instruction book. And he has to learn how to be a superhero just on the fly, no pun intended. So one of my top five was gonna be, is the, the Greatest American Hero. That's... That's pretty solid. With with Connie Selica and uh and Bill Cullen, uh was was the was the other Bill Cullen was that his name? No, Robert Culp. I'm sorry, Robert Culp. Bill Cullen was a, was a game show host. Um, Ag or Evie? Ag, if you really don't have anything, I'm not going to press you. Oh no, no. I I used to watch TV as a kid. I swear. Sorry. Right, um, um, so my first show, I'm probably going to have to go with Nickelodeon show Drake and Josh. Big fan. Oh, Drake and Josh. I watched all the movies that were on, like, Nickelodeon. They, they would have movies on, like, Friday nights. And they had, like, two or three specials. I watched all of those. Um, yeah, Drake and Josh is definitely up there on my list. 90s baby Ava Everett. What's one of your five? Um, I – so my cousins and I live next door to each other uh, growing up. And every single day at 3 o'clock – we would come home from school and watch Pokemon. Okay. I did not. There's, there's a Pokemon named Eevee, so that helped. I didn't think you watched Pokemon. Oh, yes, I did. Lots because of Pokemon. The first, Jamie, the first time I met Eevee, mm -hmm. I had just got into Pokemon Go. I had not done much Pokemon before then. And I awkwardly went, Eevee, like the Pokemon and the death stare that I got <laughs> implied that that must have been an uncomfortable pickup line that had been given to her by several dweebs and somehow associated that with our conversation. So, Oh, I've been asked that. If I wish that I got a dollar for every time someone asked me that. <laughs> She'd I have can guarantee you $10. I never would have asked you that because <laughs> I, I literally don't know anything. I know Pikachu. That's literally all I know. Pikachu right. is the most important one, so that's okay. That's okay. What about you, Slade? Me? So it's funny, I wrote down a list, and it was so hard to – I realized that as a kid, all I did was watch television, apparently. Um, with with all of these uh, shows I wrote down, the one I'll go with towards the top of the list was Rugrats. Uh, it was a show that I was uncomfortably obsessed with uh, between uh, the Reptar and all those other characters. Did, did Jamie, did you watch Rugrats? Nope. Nope. Too old for Rugrats. Uh, okay. Let me try to – relate to all you youngins on this call. So so you understand, like, my Nickelodeon era was literally, you can't do that on, t on TV. Yours was Dick Van Dyke tripping over the Ottoman. I get it. No, stop it. No, look at, <laughs> I, I hate you. I, this is, this wait is why we, wait this is why we even... can't record in person, because I want to punch <laughs> you in the face every time. I watched that as a kid with, like, Get Smart and stuff. 
what like that when my parents were watching, like when it was like adult time and they would sit and those were the shows they'd watch. You didn't watch that as like a ten year old? Watch what? Dick Van Dyke. No. That wasn't on? No, I don't I didn't watch Dick Van Dyke show. Ah, that's weird. Alright. Okay. Alright. <laughs> Alright. What what other Lone Ranger? Is that one of the other four? I hate you. I swear <laughs> to god I'm gonna punch you in the face next time I see you. What what was it? what's one of your other four? Um, one of my other four, uh, the the classic Friday night staple for my generation, uh, the Dukes of Hazard with with <laughs> Bone Luke Duke. What does it matter with you? <laughs> Nothing. It's you like... say Rugrats. You 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 overgrown no. simpleton. No no no. You know it's like going down memory lane. I'm like, hey, I remember that show. Yeah. Whatever. No, that's good. <laughs> Daisy Duke was awesome. Inspired an entire clothing terminology. But no, good. That's, that's, Evie, Evie, what's your next one? Because I really don't give a damn about my co-host anymore. Ah. <laughs> um, my next one would have to be Courage the Cowardly Dog. I would. Watch yeah. All right. Oh, I, I. Wow, we actually we agreed on it. I like it. That is a that was a great show, Jamie. Whatever. You've seen that one, right? Nope. Uh, oh no. What about you, AG? Um, so this is actually a weird one. So it's not from my era, but it's something I watched as a kid because it was always on Nick at Night, and me and my dad would watch it together. Come and on, that's AG. Gilligan's Island. Mm. Yes. Now we're talking. Okay. <laughs> Just sit right back, and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. Uh, I'm gonna keep rolling with that. Hey, hey, AG, you know at the beginning of Gilligan's Island when they're actually in the marina? No. At the very beginning, during the theme song, they show the SS Minnow leaving a marina. Yes. Uh, that marina is in Hawaii, right down the street from my house. Oh. So actually, I go by and I say, "Oh, that's Gilligan's Island," and nobody knows the reference anymore because <laughs> I'm old. But good, Slade. What's your next one? You know, I'm gonna keep going with the uh, cartoon sensations. Uh, one of the other ones on my list was Rocco's Modern Life. What a great show. I don't know any of these. That's I know so cool. of them. Rocco was Rocco was a uh, a sex phone operator. It's funny, the more you go back and watch some of the subliminal stuff they tossed in there. Like there was an episode of Rocco's Modern Life where he had uh he had like a cold, so he went to take a pill and it's this giant pill that he swallows and it like cracks in his neck. He ends up having like an acid trip the entire episode. Before vomiting and being completely okay. As a child, hilarious. Maybe that's why I have a drinking problem. But anyway. Wasn't that huge in a lot of those like 90s Nickelodeon uh, cartoons though that they would do like these little uh, adult humor or like uh, kind of sneak in adult jokes into these kids cartoons? Oh yeah, my next one on the list, which I'll just jump in and then we'll go right to you for your third one. Since we're on that theme, was Ren and Stimpy. It was a huge part of my childhood and going back and watching it now is uncomfortable. Like, um, uh, what's his name? It was like powder toast man used to fart cinnamon onto people's toast. There was like a, there's like a sawing scene. Yes. There was like a sawing scene where, uh, Ren put a saw around his waist and was humping Stimpy to cut it. And Stimpy was acting like he was having an orgasm. It was to go back and watch that stuff. Holy shit. As I swear in front of Phoebe. Phoebe, do not repeat these words. 
right, all right, Jamie, give me a top three for you. I don't want to give any more. I don't like this game anymore. What do you mean? Come on. Now you're just going to pick on me more. No. No. <sighs> All right. Here's one. Much like how AG said uh, Gilligan's Island. Here's one that was actually on. It was on like afternoon TV after school. That was on long before I was a kid, but they used to replay it uh, in the afternoons. And that was the old uh, 60s Batman show. All Ooh. right. That, that was on my list. One. That was actually one that would be on in the afternoons after school. And uh, my, my father and I would always watch it together. That's what actually started my whole my whole obsession with Batman was the old 60s TV show. I actually have every single episode on DVD. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love that show. And it's it's on like uh, like my favorite thing now is like they have this me TV that has all these old like 60s and 70s shows. Do you have your and shark that one's on there on weekends. Hmm. What was that? Do you have your shark repellent? I do have my shark. Did you read that actually just this past weekend, they uh, some guy bought a used helicopter and he checked the history of it. It was actually the Batcopter from that old Batman movie. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. All right. We are going to go into the lightning round. We'll shoot out our last two. So, Evie. Uh, so is this like my my number one, like top one? If you've got a number one and a number two, sure. I, I have a number one for sure. Um, so I'll give you two. So I feel like I have to choose between all that or Amanda Bynes shows because that's like very heavily. My gimmick is very heavily reliant on those two shows. But I'd have to go with the Amanda show over all that. But my number one is Scooby-Doo. Ah, love Scooby-Doo. I was obsessed with Scooby-Doo. Love Scooby-Doo. Absolutely obsessed. Favorite character in Scooby-Doo? Ooh. Um, I would have to say either Scooby or Velma. I was more of a scrappy guy myself. You say you God, the worst. <laughs> you are the worst. What do you mean? There's nothing wrong with Scrappy. I'm with you, Evie. Scooby, Scooby was my favorite on the show. But I don't like the newer Scooby-Doo. I nope. only like the old, old Scooby-Doo. Right. I agree with you. Like the, yeah. You're saying the ones that were on when I was a kid. Yeah, like the one that my, my dad grew up watching them. Yep. And my dad would have them on all the time. And I was obsessed with it. Evie, can I ask, how old is your dad? My dad uh, is 51. <laughs> I kind of thought so. Perfect. <laughs> Yay, me. <laughs> <laughs> AG, what about you? Um, ooh, these are some tough ones here. I have a few in mind. Uh, the first one would probably have to be, I loved Even Stevens. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and pro it's probably like a tie between Cat Dog. Oh! And Hey Arnold. All right, I just you're checking them all off my list. Yeah. Wow, I am impressed. Wow. Uh, and then Jamie, I'll go through mine so you can round this episode out. So when I looked at the list of stuff I scribbled down, ones we didn't talk about, uh, Recess was towards the tail end. I think I was like 13 at the time. Then I had Dexter's Laboratory. I had Angry Beavers. I had Ducktales and Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Tailspin. Um, and then I had Pete. <coughs> You know, where the Marty, the strongest man in the world. Uh, 
But if I had to go with my favorite, as far as growing up, one that got me into early sketch comedy, which then later got me into Saturday Night Live, which then got me very heavily into comedy itself, was all that. For whatever reason, as a kid growing up, all those bits was something that I heavily got into, uh, which later led to where I am today. You want to just whistle the theme song? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> I really do. I just Come despise on! you at the moment. That's some quality programming. So the <clears> big <throat> one that I used to watch when I was a kid, and it was a prime time, it was the original A-Team with uh, Mr. T and George Papard. They let and... you watch that as a kid? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that was Tuesday night. That was appointment television. Oh, nice. And is, the, is, the, is the other one MASH? No, you know what? MASH was more like... My parents and grandparents used to watch MASH. I never understood why MASH was funny. My dad loved MASH. My dad watched MASH, like, every day, too. I never liked MASH. Even now, like, if it's, like, I didn't, no, I never understood why it was funny. But I do want to say for my number one slate, I couldn't name just one. Because I have to say, I grew up in, I don't know how, again, it's tough for me to know based on your ages. When I was growing up, I grew up in, like, the golden era of Saturday morning cartoons. I used to wake up, you would wake up at six in the morning and it would start with like local kids programming. Like there was this TV show called Captain Bob where he'd teach you how to draw. Then there was Jabberwocky and then uh, uh, some other local shows. And then you would go into all three networks, there were only three at the time, ABC, NBC, and CBS, just from eight till, till noon. It was just nothing but cartoons on all three channels. Yeah, you know what? I can I can back that up because it's, I do remember there like being this huge stretch where like I just watch cartoons. I guess the problem is, and maybe this is the wrong way to look at it. I always looked at that programming as like this hodgepodge because it never, it was never like a to me. It was never like this is a TV show. It was just this constant rotation of Bugs Bunny, Marvin the Martian, Tasmanian Devil, Porky Pig, Elmer Fudd. Like just but that was just one show. As Hold a, on. Wait, listen, listen to me. Listen, here's, here's my lineup as a kid. I, I have the list in front of me. The Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour was the greatest hour or two of TV every week, uh, every Saturday. But we had uh, Bugs Bunny Roadrunner. We had, we had uh, the Super Friends. We had Thundar the Barbarian. We had Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I, I uh, missed all those. Scooby-Doo. And the best part used to be... Uh, this is where Muppet Baby started. But the coolest thing used to be a few weeks before uh, Saturday morning cartoons, the season would always launch like right after we went back to school. So like mid-September, they would always do a primetime special where they would announce the lineup. So you would get little like three minutes clips of all these little cartoons. Oh, it was the greatest. I, I loved Saturday morning cartoons. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling Connection in 1986. <sighs> That's all from my... Uh, I wonder, my youth. I wonder why some of those held and some of them didn't. Like, for example, I remember most of those things. Like, Super Friends was not on when I was a kid. It was replaced with, like, Thundercats. Um, I'm trying to think what else came through. Like, he- He-Man replaced yep. some of that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. You could actually see, and I had to pull the list. If you look in the mid-'80s, the laws were different. So you actually see this run where all of a sudden, like in 1983, some of the uh, some of the the cartoons that were on, it's like 
Uh, Pac-Man was a cartoon. Dragon's Lair. Pole Position. All ones based on video games. Huh. And then you have another run of all ones that are based on toys. Uh, like the Smurfs. He-Man. Until they eventually changed the laws where you couldn't basically just have a half an hour commercial for your toy line. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that was good. You know, it's funny, like, Jamie, we should we should at some point do a very, like, tournament style with the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now cartoons and play off the brackets to see if we can get a, uh, but, one, but one big one. We got to pick the crowd properly. I need to bring some old people on with me. Of course. Well, see, I can see the problem is, is when I specifically asked for this stuff, it was like, you know, the six to 15. A lot of the stuff that you talked about, I enjoyed quite heavily, but it was not it was not prime time when I when I was that age. Um, a lot of the 80s stuff I didn't really get into until I was like 10. At that point, it was reruns. It was not pure television. But all right. So, Jamie, do you want to take a break or do you want to roll right into this? Let, let's take a quick break. Okay. All right. All right. We've been going for a while. If you're still with us, thank you. And I'm surprised that both AG and Evie are, are still awake. It's past their bedtime. When we come back, it is going to be a handicap match. It's going to be two on one and not the way that Jamie was hoping. It's going to be AG and, and Ava Everett against Jamie J. Mikowski in this week's For the Pops Pop Quiz. You are listening to For the Pops on the For the Pops Network. After these messages, we'll be right back. So, Scotty Slade, we have a new sponsor for the show. This is kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a company I've actually worked with before. It's called Simple Corp Global. Simple with, Corp Global? Simple Corp Global. And uh, what they do is they actually sell men's and women's grooming products. They have like a couple of different lines. And if I remember correctly, I think I gave you some samples a few weeks ago when I saw you. That's right. It was the simple man. It was the shampoo, the conditioner, and the body wash. Yeah. And how's it working out for you? I'm not going to lie, Jamie. Parts of my body feel like they're on top of a mountain with the cool breeze running between my body parts. Well, clearly that's what they're going to put on their posters and on their website is you on a mountain with cool things blowing through your body parts. I think it's a perfect sales pitch. Just me, hands on my side, giant smile on my face, For the Pops logo coming over my shoulder, Simple Man by Simple Corp Global. Well, and like you said, we let you try out some of the shampoos and conditioners, but really, Slade, that Simple Man line, that was created by a couple of guys out in Minnesota who they had what was called the Man Salons. And another big part of the line, which I think we got to get you and all your your wrestling friends, is, you know, you know they've got a huge line of, like, beard bombs and beard oils. So you guys don't look so scruffy. You can be a little bit more well-kempt with all but that facial I, hair you got. But can I use that even on my small goatee? You know, it's, it's perfect. They have everything from razors to shaving creams to beard bombs and beard oils. That, that's perfect whether you have a, a full, like, even a full war beard it would work on right down to a little Scotty Slade goatee. So then how would I get these? Cool thing is you can actually order them online. You can go to simplecorpglobal.com backslash for the pops. And when you order on that one, you'll get a special free gift when you place any order is through uh, our website. Signed by 8 by 10 it is, it is not assigned 8 by 10 You'll actually uh. get a, a, a free gift from, from Simple Corp Global. But the other cool thing is, Slade, I don't know if you noticed, they also have a women's line called Simply Hers. And yes, that. You gave me some of that in the free samples as well. Have you given that to your wife or anybody to sample yet? 
Yeah, for whatever reason, she stayed in the shower for an extra 45 minutes, so I really don't know what's in the stuff, but it'll, apparently it's working. It'll do that for you. You know what? It's all natural. It's paraben-free. It's sulfate-free, and it's it's gentle, and it's salon quality without those salon quality prices. I also think I gave you some of their samples of, of Alfred and Hoff colognes. Jamie, can you – so the beauty of that one is I've been using that when I go to work, and not only are my employees making compliments, but even our customers – are starting to get a little bit closer because of how good I smell. That's pretty awesome because they actually just brought that line in in the past year. It was actually used to be like exclusively sold in high-end luxury stores, but now it's only available through Simple Corp Global. So you can check that out too. And Slade, the one thing I didn't tell you, as you really learn to love these products and start using them more, you can actually shop for free when you become a regular customer. Get out of here. Yeah, I swear. The more you order... And you place things on subscription, like some of those shave clubs that are out there. You can do the same thing with Simple Corp. So I, I don't even have to leave my house? You don't have to leave your house. You can order it all online. You can set up. They'll deliver weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, however often you want to take those products in. And the more you buy, the more you save. And eventually, you can even earn uh, free product credits for your future purchases. So you're saying I get to smell like a million bucks, feel like I'm standing on top of a mountaintop naked, and then get an extra 45 minutes to play my video games. And all I have to do is click order once and it'll reoccur as many times as I need. Yep, just set yourself up as a preferred customer and you're ready to go. You just tell me where that website is again, Jamie. It's simplecorpglobal.com backslash for the pops. And you can shop from all three lines from Simple Man, from Simply Hers, and Alfred and Hoff. It's simplecorpglobal.com backslash for the pops. <laughs> We are back on For the Pops on the For the Pops Network. And, Jamie, I'm taking a step back after last episode's abysmal showing. That was awful. I need you to come to the forefront, defend the podcast, bring some honor, avenge us in this week's For the Pops. AG, did you happen to hear the last episode of For the Pops? I did not. Good. That's good. (laughs) Because the main event question was very simple. It was a it was a back and forth between um, Scotty Slade and, and Mikey Webb. And all they had to do was name SummerSlam main events. Oh man. Anthony, you're on your own. I couldn't I, I had to AG, can time. you name any SummerSlam main events? Of course I can. Name one or two. Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. That's one. Name another one. Oh, man, now we're getting crazy here. Jeez. Uh, well, here's the good news. You've already tied them. Okay. Um, <laughs> another one would be, oh, jeez, Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. Wow. I think you've already beaten both Mikey Webb and Scotty Slade from last so, week. Uh, so, anyway, we're going to get into this week's uh, For the Pops Pop Quiz. <laughs> they got one right between them. Yeah. And they... <laughs> With all, with all the 31 judge, main Jamie, events. Jamie, I lined up the first question to give you a point lead. Maybe I should just take it out. But, guys, what, what it's going to be, it's going to be five questions. Is it five? One, two, three, four. 40 episodes. He doesn't know yeah, how Oka's works. Five questions. Well, I was going to do six questions, but I removed one just now. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be f- uh, five questions. The last question is going to be a back and forth. Um, so here we go. I've got my paper ready. 
question number one. We're going to go a little sports for Jamie J. Mikowski. Oh, we're... Oh yep. Here we go. Chris Sale is a starting pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. Name one other starting pitcher <laughs> for the Boston Red Sox. AG and Evie, you guys can go first. Does it have to be current? Current. Starting oh rotation. Oh, my God. <laughs> no oh cheating, please. Honor God. system. I could not even name one Boston Red Sox baseball player. I could name a few players. I, I Just name one. Pick one. I, I can't name a pitcher. AG, we Pick need one. an answer. Uh, the, I know he's not a pitcher. I don't even think he plays for the Red Sox anymore. But just because his name makes me happy, I'm going to say Coco Crisp. All right. <laughs> I know it's not right. I 100% know Jamie. it's Jamie, right. the center fielder who, re- who retired like around 20, 2007. Oh, uh, Jamie, can you? Am I taking that as a pass, Evie? Yeah, I literally don't. I can't even name one player. Okay, Jamie, David Price. Thank you, David Price. I, I knew that. I would have also lost another one. Yes. All right, one point. We have Jamie with one. Ag and Evie are sitting at zero. All right, Jamie, that was to pat it. I'm feeling making, good. Making sure that the for the pops was represented. This question is worth a possible of two points. Oh, jeez. Okay. This, so if you can get the name of the menu item and the restaurant, you will get two points. This recent fast food restaurant announced a new menu item that caused a huge uproar on social media as to why this was even created. For two points, can you name that fast food joint? And for an extra point, what was the item? Jesus. Um. Wow. Should I just want me to take a wild guess? Do you think you know what it is? Not a clue. I have no idea either. All right. I'm going to guess it's McDonald's. And the sandwich is called the McGangbang. That that is a that is a true thing. That's real. I, I kind of want to give them a point for that. <laughs> Jamie, um, I'm pretty sure it was Burger King. And is it the Stranger Things? It's like an upside down burger. It is not. Yes, it is. Just, I know. No, no, no. no I, I meant. Burger I meant King the... also just made that French toast breakfast sandwich too was a burger king french toast sandwich potentially but that's not the answer i'm looking for guys what do you want the answer was kfc they oh. added a new cheetos chicken sandwich it? Oh. it is a chicken sandwich with special cheeto sauce with actual cheetos laced around the no. chicken the point social media blew up and was questioning why kfc is even trying anymore what more do they need to do? Wow. <laughs> so that uh, it, I'm, right, I'm all for a good cholesterol bomb. That sounds gross to me. It the pictures, Yeah, no, I I don't I don't know about that one. The pictures are just confusing. No, no, you guys are young and in your 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 professional wrestlers. Like do you like junk food? Oh, well, we'll eat pretty much anything. We love junk food and fast food, but I don't know about this Cheeto sauce. I'm with you. I, I'm, I, I love junk Would food. Would you try the Cheeto sauce? Of course I would. 
Oh, I don't oh. know. All right. Question number three. So Brian Bennett from Time Magazine was interviewing our president, Donald Trump. And Donald Trump, during the interview, has a wooden box on his desk with a red button. <laughs> when he presses that red button, what happens? As an added hint, he presses that button quite frequently. <laughs> oh, did it did it say you're fired? Is that is that your answer, AG and Evie? I don't want that to be our answer. <laughs> I, that's what he used to say on the I think apprentice. It, I think when he presses it, it says, "Believe me." <laughs> hey, Jamie. So it's a wooden box on his desk with a red button in it. Red button in it. Paul could say. I'm. I'm gonna say it. Um. I'm going to say it calls for security to have somebody escorted out. Ooh! Jamie, you are close. It does call somebody. But it actually directs an aide to fetch him a Diet Coke. Oh, my wow. Christ. Yep. At the push of a small red button, it orders him a Diet Coke with ice. And somebody comes in. He drinks, I think they said something about eight to ten glasses a day. Nuts. How's he not... Yep. Yet, yeah. Don't worry about don't worry about setting out nukes. Don't worry about signing any peace treaties. The red button on the president's desk gets him soda. We're not doing well at all. No, I, I missed that one too. All right. Still all right. Nothing though, right? Yep. Jamie, I'm not gonna lie. It doesn't get any easier from here. I, I right. feel like that that one padded lead is gonna help you. Now, Jamie, you actually have an advantage here because this next one I read in an article today, and I was actually kind of uh kind of weirded out but you should you should know this lingo so when you're on a cruise if you ever hear anybody say operation bright star or operation rising star what are the cast members signaling i think i know what it is maybe all right answer it do you have no wait, idea wait, let them let them go next i'm gonna have to take a total guess if she thinks she knows, I'll go first. I think it's going to have... No, wait, let me, go, let me go first, Oh, Evie. you're going to go first, okay. Let me go first. So repeat it again, Slade. If you're on a cruise, yeah. and you hear a cast member say, Operation Rising Star, the other term that has been used is Operation Bright Star. If you hear that terminology, what do they mean? Um... The, the boat is capsizing. Evie. I think it's going, it has to be, to me, it has to be someone eat, uh, peed or defecated in the pool. You know what? Uh, close, because actually if somebody... If, <laughs> threw if, up in the pool? If somebody says, well, actually, no. If somebody ever, like, threw up or something like that, it's actually, if you hear them say PVI, that means somebody publicly vomited. No, actually, Operation Rising Star. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. That's pretty amazing. Poop floating. Anyway, no, it actually means that there is somebody died on the cruise ship. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. I was thinking really positively. Yeah, this is a nice lighthearted episode of For the Pops. Thanks, Well, well it, it was this article, right, where it was nine code words you never want to hear on a cruise ship. They talked about PVI and 3030. Uh, What's 3030? Uh, the, 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 the 3030 is just, uh, 
all general messes. Uh, PVI is puking. Uh, Kilo and Bravo. Uh, Bravo signifies that there's a fire on board. Um, an urgent situation is Kilo. Uh, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie is used when you want to alert the crew that there's a security threat. Uh, yep, and then Alpha or Sierra is when a stretcher is required or medical emergencies. Yeah, but the one that stood out to me, which apparently it happens more than you would think. There wasn't any statistics given, but they have said that it's actually used quite a bit on all cruises. Not not on every cruise. Just, I, I, just... I will never go on a cruise. Okay. I've been on one. I, I didn't like it. And then all the stories you hear, you never hear good stories coming from cruises. Mm. You hear about uh, coral viruses and all that stuff. I love it. cruises. Do you? Yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. All right. So now we are down to our final question. I apologize. See, I'm not a wily vet at making these, Jamie, so I didn't know how hard to go. But this last one is a back and forth. There is only a possible of 10 answers. Jamie has the astounding one to nothing lead. So there was a algorithm made in 2018 since they had more data to play with. Okay. Yes. And if you've ever wanted to know what is the most popular TV show for kids in America, it might not be what you think it is. So this company called Parrot Analyst Analytics, my apologies, did an algorithm that did not only just go off of viewership, it also took a look at clicks and, and social media engagement, created this algorithm and comprised this top 10 list. It is now time for our final question. Can you tell me the top 10 children's television shows of 2018? I've got a solid three in, my, in mind. Oh boy, it's three more than I have. All right. Who's starting here? Yep. We are. You guys get to go first. Right, go uh, let's start with Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig is incorrect. We're out. Man. Jamie J. Mikowski. We got guys. We can go I, back. Can I ask? A, can I ask a clarifying question? Absolutely. Are these all on like broadcast or is this streaming as well? Oh um, yeah, I should ask. Um, by the looks of it, this is all broadcasted. Okay. All right. Some of these, some of these yeah. range. These, uh, there's a couple. I'm giving way more than I should, but a couple of you these. Don't have are, to. Okay. Because you have to at least not give one answer before you give us a hint. Sure. Okay. All right. So, most popular TV shows among kids. You got to remember, you know what I think really skews this, or at least what helps, like, modify this, is the internet engagement. So, like, it's not right. just straight viewership. It's just... Right. Yeah. That, that's what I'm going for here. Yeah, they were... Um, while you think, they were talking about, like, how kids nowadays have all these apps. Yeah. Like, um... YouTube. Oh, is it? Oh, it's not I have my answer. Go ahead. America's Got Talent. No. Son of a bitch. All right. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Can we can we ask another clarifying question? Sure. Is this children or like teenagers? This is children. I'm... Oh, see. Children. Like like oh. kids. I would say most of these you would say kids under ten watch this. Maybe, tw um, maybe 12. All right. So these these are television shows. Yes. 
Yep. And then once we're done, I actually have the uh, franchises that I'll go quickly through. But all right, let's go with your answer. Uh, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol number seven, and they yes. are on the board. E C Dub. E C Dub. We're tied now, Jamie. What are you going to do now? I'm going to go old school to one I actually know. Uh, Is Sesame Street still on? It is still on. Is it on the list, though? It is not on this list. Damn it. Which is weird to me. Stupid kids. Because Sesame Street was on the top franchise list, but not on the top show list. Evie and AG. I keep thinking of like YouTube shows. So the one more hint I'll give: some of these shows, at least a few on the list, are not potentially not current. They are just oh jeez, okay, classics. Yeah, or or you want me to say it? Okay, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna guess Pokemon because it's still a show. Pokemon is listed at number eight on the list. Kidding me. Totally, baby. Despite, despite being one of the oldest shows on the list, Parrot Analytics, his Pokemon is the eighth most popular kid show. The show is set in a society where people live alongside superpowered creatures called Pokemon. Jamie Jamikowski. Oh, I'm screwed now. You're not screwed. That I'm, one I don't know about. I'm, I'm actually surprised. All right, I'm going to go with one that I know is popular with... Uh, Doc McStuffins. Uh, you know what, Jamie? You are naming some quality shows Phoebe would know, but that is not on the list. Seriously? I don't think I don't I don't agree with this one, but you can go for it. So she doesn't agree with me on this one, but I f- I feel pretty confident about it. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Ooh, solid one, but no, not on the list. We will give you guys two more strikes each, and then we will call it. Jamie, there's some powerhouses on this list. Are there really? Yeah. And there's some that I I don't think I would ever guess. But the problem is, is I know these shows because I have nephew and nieces. And I'm reading this list. I'm like, I know that show. I know that show. I know that show. All right. What about what about Star Wars Rebels? Star Wars Rebels. Number two on the list. Booyah. Star Wars Rebels, I'll actually vouch for. I just started Star Wars Rebels. It is a really good show. We are tied at two, with two strikes available for both parties. You have no idea how happy I am with that one. Do it. Say it. We're going to win. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Ooh, Mickey Mouse, while Mickey Mouse is uh, on the franchise list, it is not on the television show list. One strike for AG and Evie. That's so funny. That was going to be my next guess. Jamie, you are up. We're tied, right? Tied. They have one strike left. You have two strikes left. I don't want to go to sudden death, but hopefully one of you guys gets one more before strikes get depleted. I would read off the franchise list, but they do have answers on there. I don't even know if this is a show, but I'm going to go with the name, and I'm hoping it's a show. Mm-hmm. This this chick Jojo is that a show? Mm, I don't know the name of the character. Uh... If it's wrong, it's wrong. 
I know. I know what I know. you're talking R about. Brian Malone's daughter just got tickets to go see JoJo. No. At the last no, minute. I see no JoJo mentioned in any of these. So next right answer wins, huh? So one strike each. All right, I'll say this one because Evie has no idea what this is, but I feel like it's a kind of popular show currently. Uh, Dude Perfect. Ooh, I actually just watched an episode of Dude Perfect. Great show, not correct, or on the list. Right now, right now, you guys are out of strikes. If Jamie gets it wrong, we're just gonna start firing out things until somebody gets it right. Jamie, last one, here we go. Will you get somebody on the list? The number one has not been even said yet. Literally, all I'm doing is I'm trying to think of, okay, between Slade and Brian Malonis, what do they talk about their kids watching or doing? I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to coach you, but these are above Phoebe's pay grade. And you guys, you guys took Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Star Wars Rebels wasn't a horrible guess, so maybe it's a little bit older. I don't think kids still watch The Simpsons. Oh, crap. Um. All right, wait. There's got to be. Um, I don't know if there's a Spider-Man show on right now. Uh, uh... Jamie, we uh, need a dance. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is number 10 on the list. And Jamie no. Jankowski Absolutely not. Has taken the 3 to 2 lead, won the this game. Is ridiculous. Just a I quick pulled that one out of my butt. Is Quickly that still to go. On TV? It is. I have no idea based off of the 2012 show it is still going strong um to go through the rest of them number nine the amazing world of gumball what the hell is that no idea number six gravity falls what? oh i could have gotten that one yep uh the next one is star versus the forces of evil i don't know if you guys have seen star butterfly she's a warrior princess no number four my little pony friendship is magic Number three, this one I didn't know. Her name's Miraculous, Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. What? And number Those one. Words? Yes, number one that nobody said, SpongeBob SquarePants. No, I was going to say SpongeBob. SpongeBob Jeez. SquarePants. To I'm not going to lie. I knew like two of those. Like I never even heard of any of those other shows. Maybe I should have went with franchises, Jamie. I think people might have gotten. <laughs> so the top ten franchises real quick from bottom to top. Dora the Explorer is number ten. Sesame Street is number nine. Peppa Pig is number eight. Mickey Mouse is seven. Voltron is six. Sophia the First is five. Power Rangers is four. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is three. Thomas the Tank and Friends is two. It's Star Wars at a commanding number one. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the only one to make both on the list, huh? Mm, I think so, yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars, yeah. Oh, yeah, Star Wars. Yes. So, guys... I've got the missus walking through the door. Jamie J. Mikowski is your winner. Congratulations. Oh, I hear Phoebe. Phoebe is going bananas at Jamie winning this competition. <laughs> She's a big fan. She's a big fan. AG, where can we find you on social media? Uh, Twitter at RetroAG. On Instagram at RetroAG underscore. If you like action figures and collectibles, you can follow me at RetroCollectStuff. And if you want to hear more about my wrestling show, it is 
Uh, Instagram at 01USANE, on Twitter at 01USA underscore NE, and on Facebook, 01USA Northeast. And you can also go on our website, which is www.01USA.com backslash northeast.html, baby. That is more a long list. More, where can we find Evie on social yeah. media? Um, I'm almost positive that my Instagram and Twitter uh, handles are uh, Ava Everett underscore. Um, I could be wrong. And you probably can't find me on Facebook because it's my real name. Excellent. So Twitter and Instagram. Well, and you. Thank you guys for coming on. I'm not going to lie. I really want to get you guys back on on a bigger project. Or a return trip for something that falls under uh, AG's wheelhouse. If not, we'll just bring Evie on. She's been fantastic. Go out there, promoters, if you're listening. Go book Ava Everett. You could book AG if you can afford them. No. Uh, they can should, definitely have, afford me. We should have just the Platinum Honeys on. We could absolutely do that. We do that? We, we can set that up. I think I have to pay a finder's fee to AG, but... A finder fee to me, please. <laughs> he steal. He takes all of my booking money. Don't book him. Oh it's my child God. labor. Unbelievable. Well, thank you, thank you guys for doing the show. For Jamie J. Mikowski, for AG, for EV. I'm Scotty Slade. You have been listening to For the Pops. And by the way, Jamie, congratulations again on the For the Pops pop quiz winner. Got to make right. sure we give you that credit. But you have been listening to For the Pops on the For the Pops. Network.